That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it is Commissioner Cooper, and we are in Minnesota to enjoy some Minnesota Vikings. Get ready to school, and it's time for TSS Fantasy. Rock and it's gonna work for me. And you just got planted. That's what it is. This court is adjourned. It is Commissioner Cooper. Welcome to Sophistication Station. I'm here to save the fantasy roster. And it's time for TSS Fantasy! Alrighty, Jordan, dress to impress tonight because we got the Minnesota Vikings. Let's start our NFC North Tour. Jordan, Judge Jordan, welcome into the studio, my friend. Skull Vikings, baby. Let's go. We got a, a, a star-studded cast backstage. I'm a little disappointed because I did think tonight would be the return of Flanders, but I think we'll get through it either way. Yeah, I don't. Nick is back off of vacation. I don't know what's going on there. Shame, shame, shame indeed. Listen, if you are online now, you're going to some fantasy drafts. I know Scott Fishbowl's starting up, so maybe the start of the fantasy season has begun. Go on to TSSFantasy.com. Check out our latest and greatest rankings. Um, mine aren't really that good, to be honest. I went and looked at them, and I was like, bro, I got to tighten mine up. So no judging yet. Give me a couple days. I got to tighten those up. Going through the summer tour, there are some guys that definitely are risers, and there's definitely some guys that are going down as well. Oh, <laughs> speak of the devil. Oh, my goodness. I, got, I just have to stop, bro. I had to stop my little intro. Welcome back from vacation, Nick. You got Flandered Macaronis. Hey, how are we doing? We are doing great. Better late than never, my friend. So welcome back from your vacation. How was it? Uh, it was, we vacationed hard. And and I'll tell you all about it later, but it was, um, Air Canada sucks. If you ever chance to fly Air Canada, <laughs> don't. Don't do it. They lost my luggage. Horrible no. people. Oh, okay, but they're awful. I wish I, I wish I was there to hear him complaining. Actually, I'd have been the best. All right. Well, as I was saying, go to tssfantasy.com. Look at our latest and greatest rankings on there. Also, go visit our sponsors. Go to Underdog Fantasy. Use the promo code TSS. We'll double the deposit up to one hundred dollars. Also, Jazz Sportsbooks. Lots of different great. I guess discounts, all kind of great stuff. They change it all the time on me. Use the promo code TSS. Check that out as well. And if you're looking for some great championship bling for your fantasy championship champion, excuse me, go to Pro Am Belts today. Lots of great stuff. If you're watching us on YouTube, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell, give us a like, give us a comment. Little things stopping you from doing it. Big things popping when you do. We appreciate you. Guys, I Nick, I know you just got back. I got to bid you adieu. We're going to bring the doc in, and I apologize for my crappy internet because Spectrum really needs to tighten up. But anyway, we'll be back. I'll see you guys for the Fantasy Focus.
The doctor is in. The summer tour is rolling on. We're in Minnesota to talk about these Minnesota Vikings. What's up, Doc? Hey there. Let's start with Kirk Cousins. So since 2015, he has missed only one regular season game. We know that he's not going to run the ball. And he's got Justin Jefferson, right? So you put all that together, he's going to be a 5% to the bench player. Expect Kirk Cousins to be good to go all season. Moving to the backfield, Alexander Madison. So he didn't miss a regular season game last season, but he's not sharing the backfield with Dalvin Cook this year. At 25, he's still youngish, which is going to be key because now he's the likely three down back in Minnesota. His increased utilization is going to come at an increased chance of injury. We're going to go 70% of the bench for Alexander Madison. And lastly, rookie Jordan Addison. So he was injured during May's rookie minicamp and was held out of OTAs for precautionary reasons, although it's been reported that it was, quote, nothing serious. The injury has not been disclosed to date. So I'm going to say that it's not responsible for us to speculate too much on that. Stay tuned for more information, but at this point, I don't see a reason to avoid drafting him based upon that. However, we're going to withhold a percent of the bench for Jordan Addison. And if you don't mind, I don't know if you've looked that far into it, but what, was that a foot or like a hand type or upper extremity type of injury? Or it didn't disclose anything. I've got undisclosed on every source, uh, at least as of a, a couple of hours ago. His pinky finger is broken. I don't know. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Doc, we appreciate you. We will see you tomorrow for the Green Bay Packers. Talk to you then. See you there. Doc bringing the great inside info tonight. Listen, we got some purple people eaters to bring in. I'm excited to talk about these Minnesota Vikings. Let's skull everyone and let's bring them in. Our next stop on our summer tour, we are off to the land of 10,000 lakes. Get ready to go fishing with the Minnesota Vikings. It's Minnesota Vikings time. Let's get things fired up and let's go to talk to our guests. First here, we'll go to my left. Tyler, welcome into the studio, my friend. Thanks for having me. I am excited to be, record, be recording with Thor for the second time today. Nice. I should have actually preluded with the guy that actually looks like a Viking to my left here. All right. Let's also welcome into, into the studio, Sal Spice. Welcome into the studio. Hi, thank you. It's nice to meet almost all of you guys. Wait, everybody, actually. Well, we appreciate you being we appreciate you being in tonight. Luke Braun, welcome into the studio, my friend. Hello. <laughs> Hello, Hi, everybody. Glad. <laughs> I know all of you. Glad, to, glad we could bring you in. And Lynn, welcome in. Thor, welcome into the studio, my friend. How are you doing? Good to be here. <clears throat> Doing great to be here. You got to say that Thor name with a little bit of bass in your voice. I had to kind of clear my throat. All right, let's also welcome in Ted Glover. Welcome into the studio. Hi, thanks for having me on. Uh, we appreciate you guys being here. Let's talk about your Minnesota Vikings. We're going to start with last season, 13-4. and four. Had a great overall regular season. First in the NFC North. We know how it ended. Don't need to talk about it too much. Losing, unfortunately, in the playoffs to the Giants. I'll just kind of scoot over that real quick. 
Um, and unfortunately, not the outcome you were looking for, especially at such a great regular season. Um, talking about regular season, though, points per game, you guys were eighth in the league, 24.9. Yards per game, sixth, 359.8. Passing yards per game, you were fourth, 264.2. Rush yards per game, 90, uh, 95.7. That puts you at 29th overall. So defensively, this is where we struggled. Points per game, <clears throat> excuse me, 25.4. That made you 30th in the league. Yards against, 31st in the league, 391.1. Passing yards per game, 31st in the league, 266.9. And rush yards per game, 124.2. That puts you at 21st in the league. So struggle offense, or excuse me, obviously defensively, um, not offensively, however. So I'm going to go around the room. Tyler, we'll start with you. Give me three words or less. Sum up this se- last season and expand on it for me. I'll, I'll phrase it like this. Positive regression exists. And one of the tough parts about the Vikings in 2022 was, oh, it's always about we're winning games that we shouldn't 11 and 0 in one score games. And then we're just getting blown out everywhere else. Well, they've made a lot of changes to try and address some of those issues, especially on defense, bringing in a competent defensive coordinator alone will elevate that defense to a certain level. How high that level is, we really don't know yet. It's not always about coming back down to earth. It's always about rising up. And that uh, positive regression is going to happen in some areas. And in my opinion, it's what makes this team really intriguing in 2023. I like it. I like it a lot. Sally, let's go to you. Give me three words or less and expand on the Vikings last season. I went with can't make it up. Wait, that's four. All good. <laughs> Isn't it? Can't make it up. Um, it was so unbelievable. It was you couldn't believe that they started eight and one, didn't know what to think about this team at all. It was a roller coaster ride and it was very fun. It kept things exhilarating until almost the end, except for those blowouts, obviously, that Tyler touched on. But you kind of knew that they weren't going to go anywhere in the playoffs. Um, I thought that they had a very good chance of getting out of the first round. I felt like that would have been um, a big progression for them, and that would have been something to build off of going to this year. But to not even get out of the first round I thought was really disappointing, and it kind of made the rest, like the season in hindsight just be a bummer, I felt like. Indeed. Listen, from a fan of America's team, the Miami Dolphins, I know all about disappointing losses in the playoffs. Trust me. Luke, we'll go to you, my friend. Give me give me three words or less last season and expand on it for me. Uh, it was fun. That's it, man. <laughs> I, like the, the there were a lot of reasons that, yeah, this was unsustainable and they had all these close losses or close wins. And then of course, you know, eventually they're going to have a close game and it's not going to go that way. And uh, like Sal said, like it's, you, you knew they weren't going to make the big run. Right. But like, I don't, maybe they could have. And that was kind of fun to think about for a while. The, the bills game, the Colts game, these big comebacks, these big, you know, really exciting games. We'll all remember that forever. And, and had, we, we had all kinds of fun. That's kind of all it needs to be. We did not expect anything from this team. First year head coach. We didn't expect them to be better than 500. They were, they had fun. It's all we needed from them. And and now the expectations go up a little bit. Can you expand on that? Can you become a team now that is more than just a playoff also, Rand? That becomes the challenge. 
uh, and and that becomes the expectation. But at the same time, they're also sort of trying to transition into life post Kirk Cousins, whatever that looks like, whenever it comes. They're trying to be ready for that too. So they're sort of balancing those two things out. Indeed. It was fun indeed. I have to say what wasn't fun was that Bills game. I won't forget that neither, of course. And man, I couldn't believe that happened on a on a holiday uh, at that. Thor, let's go to you, my friend. Give me three words or less. Expand on it for me. Fuck Ed Donatel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That'll do it. Yeah, uh, offense, offense, good defense an abomination. And, you know, that was, you know, the reason that there was all the close games and whatnot. You had to overcome the defense and and hopefully this coming season, bringing in Brian Flores and changing the strategy going from the most, you know, tepid and defensive strategy that you've ever seen in your life, just seeding five or six yards, every single play at minimum to now where you're going to send the house, you know, regularly and stuff like that. It's going to be interesting to see because the Vikings, they, they lack, you know, talent on the defensive side of the ball too. It's not like the personnel is awesome. So it's going to be interesting going from that passive, the super duper passive approach to super duper aggressive approach with more or less the, the same sorts of characters in there, but they, they better do better than they did last year. And there's only one way to go. I can tell you, uh, Brian Flores will bring it defensively scheme wise. We were talking about this, you know, prior to the show, um, you know, he took some of the ragamuffins that we had on that squad down in Miami and they pretty much did a formidable defense and there wasn't a lot going on there. So I think you might have a little something there with Flores. Let's go to you, Ted. Give me three words or less. Expand on it for me. I had unexpected fun mostly. Uh, I kind of kind of going off what Luke said. I mean, nobody thought nobody saw 14 and three. Everybody saw Kevin O'Connell as an improvement over the last few years of Mike Zimmer. Um, But how was a rookie coach going to do, you know, and then every week just got fun and more fun and more fun. And then you had the Bills game. You had the Colts come back. And I, I, I completely agree with Thor, you know, about Ed Donatel. Now it's it's almost – it's it's there's more expectations because, look, you went 14-3 and three with one of the worst defenses in franchise history. Now you've got a very good defensive coordinator. You've got, you've got talent. It's unproven on defense. What can Brian Flores do with that talent? Can, can he match what Kevin O'Connell did with the offense to some degree? If he can, the Vikings are going to have a good team. They're going to have a really good team. Uh, and I think they're going to exceed expectations that a lot of people are setting for them this year. But we'll see how it goes. Nice. All right. Well, good way to talk about what was. Let's talk about what is, right? So marquee additions in the offseason, Marcus Davenport got an interior defensive lineman. Byron Murphy comes over for cornerback. And as you just mentioned, of course, Brian Flores, the big hire for the defensive coordinator position. A lot of dis- uh, subtractions from this team. Adam Thielen, the big veteran receiver, gone. Dalvin Cook, unfortunately, gone. Dalvin Tomlinson, Zadarius Smith, Patrick Peterson. A lot of old vets kind of coming off of this team. Uh, almost gave that rebuildish feel, but why would you be re- re- rebuilding, excuse me, a 13-4? and four? Um, But that's what it looked like on paper anyway as you looked at it. Talking about the draft, first-round pick, Jordan Addison. Obviously, that's going to be a big pickup for this offense. Um, round three, you got Mickey Blackman. That was cornerback from USC. Jay Ward, defensive back, LSU. So, picking up some young defensive back for the defense. Uh, round five, Jacqueline Roy, defensive tackle from LSU. Uh, Jaron Hall, quarterback from BYU, is in round five. And Dwayne McBride, running back at to finish up the draft for you guys. So... 
Let's go around the room. We'll go opposite this way. Let's go to Ted Glover first. Give me a prediction for this year and tell me why they're going to go where you think. Uh, I think they're going to have less wins, but they're going to be a better team, and I still like them to win the NFC North. I, I Until Detroit actually decides not to be Detroit, every single year they're still Detroit. I mean, everybody is jumping on them as, as the team to beat in the NFC North, and that's fine. I, they've got a lot of young talent. I, a lot of people like Dan Campbell, but at the end of the day, they still end up being Detroit every single year. I think the Bears stink. I think the Packers are going to stink. I'm not saying the Vikings are going to win the division by default, but I think the offense can still carry this team largely uh, like they did last year, but the defense is going to be a little bit better. I don't think they're going to win as many close games as they did last year. I think they're going to be a better team with a worse record than they had last season. All righty. Better team with a worse record. Thor, what say you, my friend? Where is this team at uh, going into this year? I'm right around there. I, I think I would say 10 and 7. You know, and I think it's it's the Vikings against the Lions. I, I think that, it you know, it's going to be a two-horse race there. I don't think the Packers are going to be good. My biggest concern about the Packers are that, are that they're so bad that they're in the Caleb Williams race or the Drake May race. But I don't think they're going to – like, they're an afterthought for me. And, and, yeah, I don't think the Bears have come far enough along yet. They're building in the right direction for sure, but th this is not going to be the year for them. So I'll, I'll say 10 and 7. All right, I like it. Luke, how do you, how about you? Where do you think they're at this season? I, I, I want to say like eight or nine wins, but also that wins the NFC North. <laughs> like they'll be that four seed team that that plays like the Cowboys or whatever in the and, and like dies in the in the first round. I, I'm with Ted. Like the the Bears stink. The Packers are gonna stink. The Lions are a team that is going to be worth taking a look at this year. But it's kind of like if you ever like, you know, we're going into training camp and every team has that training camp battle where you have that bad player. And then that other player that's supposed to beat them out for the job. I, I think about like when we had Chris Reed and he was supposed to beat Garrett Bradbury and it's like, Hey, if he can prove what he's supposed to prove, that'll be a job. That's that that's, you know, there for the taking it's open and it's available. Uh, but are they going to prove that? <laughs> like That's how it feels. The, the like where the lions are right now where hey if they prove that they're for real and that they really are this contending team yeah they run away with this division they blow the vikings out but are they those guys that is the, we know who the vikings are right we know who kirk cousins is and we we'll see what the the defense comes up with right but we we know generally what this team did last year and, and what that informs for this year can the Lions prove that they are more than they were last year? If so, it's theirs, but uh, I don't know about that. Eight or nine wins. Or eight or nine <laughs> but wins a division title. North. <laughs> I back love to back. It. First time since 09. Love it. All right, so how about you? Give me uh, where you think this team's going this year. Honestly, I have to agree with a lot of what Luke said. I think probably nine wins. Ten if they're lucky, but they're not going past that. I don't understand why everyone just automatically assumes that the Packers are going to be terrible. I think there's so much unknown. We don't really have any idea what their offense is going to look like. So I don't think it's fair to just say that they're an afterthought. They've, they could compete. They could, of course, be absolutely terrible. But I don't know if we can bank on them being a sweep at the very end of the year. Um, and same, I do think the Bears are trending up. I don't think that they're 
going to be in playoff contention or anything, but they're not as bad as they have been the last few years. So I do think the the division, it's it's kind of unpredictable. The schedule overall, I think, is pretty favorable. Obviously, there's some Eagles week two in primetime is like disgusting. Um, but I think that they will most likely get a wild card or the division and be bounced in the first round again. She called the Eagles game disgusting. She doesn't like that one, I guess. All right, Tyler, what do you say, my friend? Give me a prediction for this season. There's, there's a lot of ways this season can go. I think the floor is seven and 11 and the ceiling sorry. Seven and ten, and the ceiling is eleven and six. It's it, they're going to slot somewhere in there. A lot of it ha- is going to have to do with how this young talent on defense is going to continue to progress. There, there's a lot of what ifs. What if Marcus Davenport can stay healthy and you can finally unlock him by utilizing him in a lot of different ways? What if the Vikings have two cornerbacks outside of Byron Murphy Jr. step up and prove that they're starter worthy? If you have those three things happen, this defense could easily be an average unit in the NFL. An average unit paired with this offense could make a lot of noise. We're going to learn a lot about this team within the first five weeks. You go at Philly on Thursday night, as South said. Then you've got the Chargers at home week three, the chiefs at home week five, and then the 49ers at home in week seven, you're going to learn a lot about this team early and often on what they are. And that's going to kind of determine how things progress. Cause the first place schedule did not do us any favors with getting the Eagles, the 49ers and the Bengals. Three of the final four teams were because of the first place schedule. And the other one is the chiefs. We play all four of the final four. Those could easily be four losses. They could be split up in some other way. There's just so many what ifs, and it all depends on the young talent. But I think that uh, seven to 10, 11 and six range is where they're going to fall. All righty. Well, I mean, it could be very interesting, at least maybe being a little more battle tested this season. They'll be ready for the playoffs this year and not lose to those stinky giants like come on all right listen we we got a little you know serious we talked about last year we talked about this year let's have a little fun now right all right so i'm gonna add we're gonna even things up i'm gonna add my guy he's our my judge jordan is already dressed for the for the occasion so i'm gonna add him let's do the teams how do i make this easier all right let's go Jordan, Tyler, and Thor, you guys are on one side. Ted, Sally, and Luke, you guys are on the other. We're going to play Fantasy Quiz Show, Vikings Edition. This works just like Family Feud. I'll pair you up with someone, ask you a question, answer it out loud. Whoever has the highest answer will win it for their side. You guys can close it out. Just like Family Feud, you'll have three strikes for your wrong answer. If you get three strikes... The other team, excuse me, will get a chance to steal. All right. Well, I hope you are ready, and I hope you got your did a little studying because I might take that Vikings fan card here in a minute. Let's play the <laughs> fantasy quiz show. There seems to be no sign of intelligence. It's the fantasy quiz show. Uh, Justin Jefferson. It's gonna be a long game. <laughs> Not going to be a long game tonight because we got Vikings experts in the building. Yep. All right, All so right. let's let's go with the guests first. I'm going to go with Thor versus Ted to start it out in round one. This might be a little layup for you guys, but we're going to find out. All right, so top 
Five answers are on the board. Here is the question. I am looking in all-time Vikings history, your Rush TD leaders. Adrian Peterson. Oh, you just shouted Adrian out. Adrian Peterson. Okay, Ted, you have nailed it for your team because Adrian Peterson, of course, is numero uno on the list, 97 TDs all time. But this is when the history comes into play. Luke, you're next. What say you? Chuck Foreman. Chuck Foreman. Chuck Foreman is correct with 52 at number two. He's actually tied with someone as well. Sally, what do you say? Let's go Robert Smith. Robert Smith, the old school Ohio State. My bad on, I usually have a guy in the bag and he's late tonight, so I got to flip back and forth. My bad. Yo, Robert Smith, unfortunately, did not make great guess, though. I definitely would have went there. Ted Glover, how about you, my friend? Do you have another guess? Uh, let's go with uh, Bill Boom Boom Brown. Bill Boom Boom Brown. It's tied with Mr. Chuck Foreman with 52. So you're missing number four and number five. Luke, I'll go to you. Uh, Got to go recent, right? Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook. All right, Sally. So this isn't fair because this guy yeah. I've never heard of in my life. So I, if you nail this, it's great. But I'm looking for number five. There's two strikes. Or excuse me, only one strike on the board. So you're okay if you miss it. I honestly, I mean, I don't even know. I know this is wrong, but I'll go Chester Taylor. Chester Taylor. All right, Ted, you got one strike left, my friend. Do you know number five on this list? This is so um, hard. <laughs> I hate this. Yeah. It's got to be a there's, 60s there's three guy. Names. There, there's, yeah. yeah, there's that. Um, there's three names I mean, that it could be, and I genuinely have no idea. Looks like we went to the right teammate. Dave <laughs> Dave Osborne? That would have been my guess. Osborne! Yeah. No, 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 my friend. Not so. So, listen, Tyler, Jordan, and Thor, you guys can talk this out. There's only one answer here so get a concise answer see if you can steal it okay i think ted is right that it's probably a 60s or 70s guy because there is no continuity outside of peterson dalvin cook enough in in the last 30 years because robert smith's not on the list there's there's nobody else i don't think darren nelson was here long enough he was the only other guy I was thinking about, Nelson. The one guy, because uh, I, I know Bill Brown. Um, I, for some reason, my brain is thinking Ted Brown, but I don't know if he, how long he was with the team. It's up to you guys. You tell me. Osborne would have been my guess. I'd go. I'd go Nelson if we're just tossing out a guess. Darren Nelson. Unless you got something better. The the only other name I could think of is Mo Williams, and I know that's wrong. 
yeah, the, yeah, let's go Darren Nelson. But Darren uh, Nelson for the steal. Listen to your gut, my friend. It was telling you something. It was Ted Brown. He is number five all time with 40 TDs. He, he was talking to you from the past. He's like, come on, bro. I'm right here. All right, let's go Luke versus Tyler here in round number two. Top five answers are on the board. Here is the question. And now this is where I start questioning your real fandom. I want to know, of course, we're still going all-time history, but I'm looking at winning percentages, and I want to know the teams you have the best winning percentages against. Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions. They are winning percentage all-time. Oh. Okay. They are on this list still, yeah. however, number four, 80, 41, and two, a 659 average. Tyler, you have a chance to steal it if you can tell me who are the top one of the top three. I want to say the Houston Texans. <laughs> it's okay. Well, he said it. Did steal it for your team. Houston Texans, number one on this list. You guys are 5-0, and oh, a clean 5-0 and oh against the Houston Texans, indeed. All right, so you guys got the round. Let's go to Thor next. What's your next guess? Um, Jaguars? The Jacksonville Jaguars. Number two on the list, you're six and one all time against the Jags. All right, Judge, you're finally in. You're on mute just to let you know. You tell me, looking for all time best winning percentage against the Vikes. The Tennessee Titans. The Tennessee Titans. They are number five on this list just by the Harrier Chinny Chin Chin, nine and five all time, 643 average. Listen, this is the one people always stumble on. You guys are clean right now, no strikes. Let's go back to Tyler. You're missing one answer that's number three. Do you got it? New York Jets. The J E T S suck, suck, suck. All right, Thor, what do you say? Mm. Oh, man, I don't know. Falcons? The Falcons. Not getting too dirty on that bird. What do you say, Judge Jordan? I really didn't want to be the last one on this. We went through the rest of the AFC South. Let's go with the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts! Stop it. Get some help. All right. Well, Ted, Sally, and Luke, you guys can talk this out. It's number three on this list. Do you have a guess? What are you guys thinking? Browns Browns are the first one that came to mind. The Rams come to mind, but yeah. I was thinking Chargers. 
Chargers is an interesting one. Yeah. I don't know. I just, any recent time I can think of, they beat them and they've never really been good. Uh, The Browns, I just feel like they've been around for so long, even back in the day when there was like eight teams that that might count against them. Yeah. That's like, I'm thinking the 69 NFL championship keeps coming to my mind, but I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it's probably you're right it's probably hard if it was a team in the 60s because the vikings sucked for like most of the 60s right like and they we've already guessed like all the new teams that haven't been around more than 20 years so i don't know are uh are like defunct teams eligible like he said tennessee titans was that to count the houston oilers years yeah that's still with the houston oilers yeah we're no no defunct teams all right. All right. So what, what do we got uh, for our answer? What are we gonna go with? I, I, Luke's driving the ship. He's something. Yeah, like. Luke. No, Luke, no Luke, way. I'm not driving the ship. My guess would have been what was the Bears it, what, because the Vikings just dominated them in the '70s and a good part of the. Who? Uh, the, the Bears. The Bears. They, they, they the Bears. No, the 80s, I think, Well, yeah, that's true. Them way history. Too much. They play them way yeah. too. Yeah, that's true. Because it's like a winning percentage, so it's got to be. Yeah. I, I like I, that's why I'm thinking I, AFC Browns. We don't play them that much. Go on you. Let's go Brown. Let's go Browns then. Browns, Cleveland Browns. Yeah, Cleveland Browns. Somehow, some way, at the oh. buzzer. He nails Good it. Job, Number three, the Browns. You guys are 11 it. and five all time against the Brownies. I can't believe it. All right. So look, Ted, Sally, and Luke, you guys are up 2 0. Boy, and I hate to say, Judge Jordan, the weak link on this team is about to go against Sally. <laughs> Give me something I'm good. The just, I no, I'm talking about, thing right. I was talking about Judge Judge Jordan's not, you know, all right, whatever. I just wanted to have some fun with him. All right, let's go. Jordan, Sally. We're going to go top five answers on the board, but we're going to go opposite of that winning percentage. I want to know the teams you have the worst winning percentage against. The, the New England Patriots. <laughs> the New England Always the Patriots. Patriots. They're on every show, it seems like. So whack. They are number four on this list. Always. Five and nine on the list. Me. Sally. Sally, though, if you can get number one, two, or three above it, you will steal it for the t- for your team. Do you have the guess? They they were only number five. They were number four, so you can get one, two, or three. Oh my gosh, you guys, this sucks. Um, <laughs> let me go, Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys. <laughs> Not on the list. All right, Jordan got it for the team. Let's go, Thor. What's your right. next guess? Oh, um, Chiefs, the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> Not on the list, Tyler. What say you? There's, I know, I was doing some research a few months ago on this, and there's a few teams that the Vikings just have an abysmal record against. Um, I want to go with the Indianapolis Colts because they didn't beat Peyton Manning once. The Colts. 
numero uno on the list. You guys are eight, 17, and one against the Colts. Ooh, we. Jordan, what say you? The Broncos. The Denver Broncos. Let's ride. All right. Thor, there's some meat on this bone, my friend. All we got so far is the number one and the number four. You have anything else here? Um, Steelers. The Steelers. Good guess. Cocaine is a hell of a drug. (laughs) Yes, indeedy. All right, Ted, Sally, and Luke, there's a lot of meat here, and that's just for the W, if you can name number one, or excuse me, number two, three, or five on this list. I know I know, um, they haven't had a good record against the Jets. There was something about the last time the Vikings played the Jets in 18 or 19, they hadn't beat the Jets but once in their history. It was like in, in the 70s. They'd lost like four or oh, five straight really? times. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, the Raiders. I was going to say Seattle. Kind of suck against the Raiders. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say Raiders or Seattle. Seattle. Yeah. Oh, Seattle's that'd be a good one too. Jet Jet sounds uh, persuasive. I trust you. Yeah. Well, that's Did, I'm so, are we good for it? Everybody good? Your, uh, I'm just speculating. All right. All right, listen, Ted. All night, I think I'm proving to you. Like you guys got to go with your gut. The Jets for the win. Great job, Ted. That was number three, the Jets, or number three all-time, four and eight. Sally, you were right there with it, though. The same average, 3-3-3, is the Seahawks, six and 12. They're number two on the list as well. And guess who number five is? The Raiders, six and nine all-time against the Raiders. You guys were right on it anyway. You guys were all over that one, so great job there. Listen, what a great round. That was a clean sweep tonight. Congratulations to Ted, Sally, and Luke. You are tonight's winner. And unfortunately, on our show for Tyler and Thor, and I know Jordan's been a victim of this many a times, but when we have winners, we ultimately do have some losers. So you're telling me there's a chance. Great game tonight, guys. Appreciate it. Hope you had a little bit of fun. I'm going to go around the room. We're going to go take a quick commercial break after and do our fantasy focus. You're more than welcome to stay. We'll be talking to them all about the Vikings, but this is my time to let you plug yourselves during the commercial. If you want to dip out, you're more than welcome. Tyler, we'll start with you first. Where can we follow, subscribe, get all your great content? Absolutely. You can follow me on Twitter at The Real Forno. I'm the managing editor of USA Today's Vikings Wire as well as a college football and, and betting analyst for college football network. And I host my own uh, Viking show on YouTube and podcast form on Vikings first in school every Monday and Wednesday night at 6 PM central. Awesome. Go check out, follow, subscribe, get all his great content. Lots of great stuff. Thor, how about you, my friend, where can we follow, subscribe, get all your great stuff. You can find me on Twitter at Thor KU. 
I, I I don't know what my Threads ad is. Uh, <laughs> you don't need to follow me on Threads. I'll never be on that thing. Um, and then uh, I work at Fantasy Pros, so that's where you can find my work and uh, do a, a Viking show on Score North. Oh yeah, I, awesome. I do that with Thor. I'm I'm an idiot. Our second record today. Is that the name of the show? A little plug here. It's all right. Hey, listen. It's so idiot. I, I think that'd work. It's so funny you said that, Thor, because I we were just talking about the other day. I'm like, you know, I thought we had this earlier where everyone was jumping ship and going somewhere else. I'll wait for the threads thing to go on a little bit and then let me know. I'll come over later. All right, Ted, how about you, my friend? Where can we follow, subscribe, get your great stuff? I host a show on YouTube slash podcast, Vikings Report, Drew and Ted, my good buddy Drew Bunning. His wife, Ruby, does all the editing and, and the stuff that makes the show actually go. Uh, I just want to say it's been an absolute privilege to be on with uh, such denizens of Vikings Twitter and, and Vikings uh, podcasts and content. Uh, I love everything you guys do and and a big fan of, of everybody on here. So thanks for having me on. Had a good time. Awesome. Well, we're glad we can bring you guys together. That's what it's all about. Let's celebrate this football season. I'm about to get it started. Sally, where can we follow, subscribe, get all your great content? Well, I'm on every platform, including threads at South Spice. <laughs> and um, I'm in a little bit of a transition period right now. So I have some new stuff coming up. Um, but I am still on uh, Believe in Vikings with uh, Dustin Baker and Bryant McKinney on Wednesday nights. Awesome. Well, make sure you go follow, subscribe, get all her great content when she gets ready and during her transition. We appreciate you. All right, Luke, where can we follow, subscribe, get all your great content, friend? Yeah, you can find the Locked On Vikings podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. You can also find me elsewhere on the Locked On Network. I do Tuesdays on Locked On NFL and the Minnesota Football Party uh, on the Locked On Minnesota Sports Feed. Uh, you can also find my Patreon page, patreon.com slash NFL for some of the more in-depth film stuff and the history documentary seven-part series uh, on the entire history of the Minnesota Vikings. Nice. That's how you're so good at history tonight, see? And I should have... Nah, nah, <laughs> I got to look at those, look up those things and pair, pair people equally. I see how it goes. All right. Now, I appreciate you guys so much for being on tonight. We are about to head out. Like I said, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We're going to come back and do our fantasy focus on the Vikings. If you are, if you want to stay, that'll be great. If not, we appreciate you guys so much, and good luck to your Vikings this year. We'll be back. Fantasy Sports Corp and Underdog Fantasy have teamed up to start your fantasy season off in the win column with Best Ball. What is Best Ball? It's quite simply the easiest way to win. No team management. No trades. No waivers. It's their biggest contest ever and it has only gotten bigger. You simply have to sit and win. You don't even have to set your lineup. Always get your best score every week. Just enter a contest, draft your team, and Underdog will do the rest. What could make this even better? How about free money? Up to $100 using our exclusive promo code. Go online now and use the promo code TSS to double your deposit up to $100. You tell them gingerbread sent Good girl. Good girl, Genji. Let's get on to our fantasy focus. All right. Well, listen, bottom line. Well, first of all, Justin Herrero, welcome into the studio. Kind of just transition without even saying anything. Welcome in, Mr. Fantasy Jesus. Oh, thanks, guys. 
Um, made it back. Made it back on the mute. <laughs> I think you bumped your mic. There you go. Yeah. No, no, that was uh, the delay that's gone for. I just heard the last bit of the fantasy focus thing. My computer's been uh, in my bag for a little bit, so it's it's just catching up. But made it back from Houston. Let's ready to rock and roll on the rest of the summer tour. Let's do this thing. All right, well, welcome back, my friend. You see our buddy Nix is back as well, so that's always good fun. All right, let's get things started on the focus. All right, so we got Kirk Cousins. Um, look, bottom line is we were talking about it pre-show. He's that guy. We talked about Kirk Cousins every summer, and we have the same conversation. He's that guy that gets disrespected where you're like, eh, it's Kirk Cousins. But Kirk Cousins is always in the top 10, bottom line. He finished QB7 last year. Kirk Cousins is a great fantasy QB, and you can get him later in rounds. So that's what he has great value too. I love Kirk Cousins. Like right now I got him ranked 12th. The reason why I like Kirk Cousins so much is that we were talking about this team. We talked about the additions, the subtractions. I'll be quite frank. Yeah, Brian Flores um, is a good is a good defensive coordinator, but he takes a lot of risks, a lot of risks. And if they start getting burned, they're going to get up or get down early. You're going to see Kirk Cousins having to throw this team back into football games, which is what you want from your fantasy QB, lots of volume. So I like Kirk Cousins as a good value going forward this year in the draft. Nick, we're going to start with you, man. You've been out for so long. we got to get you in, get you warmed up. Let's talk about Kirk Cousins. What do you think? I like Kirk Cousins, but, you know, he's, like you said, he's always in the top ten. He's always a disrespected, um, forgotten guy. Usually we talk about him. We try to hype him up in the preseason. And then when it comes around to the draft, it's like, Maybe not, but uh, you know I have him ranked at thirteenth uh, right now. And if and the thing that gets everyone with with Kirk Cousins is it doesn't translate to, too much to fantasy, but he always falls apart in the big games in the big um, on the spotlight. But uh, he had a decent season last last year. I would definitely take him in a, in a super flex. Would I would would I draft him to be my starter in a one QB league? No, I I try and get him on a stream if it's possible. But like you said, he was up in the top 10. Right now I have him at 13. I like he. I like he. Justin, what say you? Uh, yeah, so Kirk Cousins is one of those guys for me that he always – he's consistent, but he's like that, that ugh, consistent. Because when you need him to be his best, he never shows up. Um there's there's very little upside to him at this point when you're when you're in fantasy sometimes when you're just starting out you're really looking for the upside i mean you know he's got three good receivers he's got a monster tight end but you know he's got zero running upside you know one can point to dalvin cook being gone maybe them leaning more onto the passing side of the offense sure but when it comes to the monday night the thursday night the sunday night the prime time games when you're going to be looking at him at that night game and going, all right, I need 20 points, he's going to get you five. And that's just how Kirk Cousins has always rolled. I've made the mistake before of picking Kirk Cousins high and getting, like, snake bit because of it because you're just like, God damn, dude. Like, like you draft this guy in, like, the third round, and, you know, he does really well, but your team doesn't reflect on it. So, for me, I, I'm looking at him at QB 14 right now. I think there's – too many high-rise uh, mobility quarterbacks coming out there that are going to start running him out of the top 10. 
You can always tell when someone's been burned by a player because then they start <laughs> going in on them when they start their analysis right off the jump. Tyler, let's go to you, my friend. What do you think uh, of Kirk Cousins? Kirk Cousins is a peanut butter sandwich. It's good, but at a, the, it's only good to a certain level, and you can only elevate it so much. I, I, th- I'm very interested to see how he does from a fantasy perspective this year because. When you look at the raw counting stats, last year was arguably his worst year since he joined the Minnesota Vikings. As a quarterback, just playing the game, it was far and away his best year because of how he was attacking the field, how he was attacking downfield. His EPA uh, rose drastically the second TJ Hawkinson came on the team. And with an entire offseason to build off of that, that is an absolute net positive. I'm concerned that they're going to throw the ball less They signed Josh Oliver, gave him that three-year $21 million contract. They're going to transition, it looks like, more to 12 personnel, try to do more Shanahan stuff within this scheme rather than the McVay stuff they were doing last year. So how much is that going to hinder things? And we really have no idea if Jordan Addison is going to do anything based on can he actually eclipse KJ Osborne in the rotation because Osborne came on really hard at the end of last year, had 350 of his 650 receiving yards in the final four weeks. I just, if you need a quarterback, it's like round 10, take him. He's a phenomenal backup and he's good in super flex, but you you don't want to take him to be your alpha unless you have a, a stacked roster everywhere else. I just, I have too many questions just from a raw counting stat standpoint. Absolutely. Jo- Mr. Jordan, excuse me, what say you? I mean, y'all are crazy. I mess with some Kirk Cousins. You're in and you're out. Look, he's the new Phillip Rivers. If you need a quarterback that's going to finish somewhere between QB7 and quarterback 12 on the season and that QB2, and, and now I see Justin shaking his head. It's not like I got him in my top five or anything. I got him as QB12. But that guy is going to be a low-end quarterback one. You are going to know not to start him in the primetime game, so you don't even have to worry about those weeks that he really bottoms out. And at the end of the day, listen, he's got the best wide receiver on the freaking planet. Throw it up. Let him get it. I'm riding with Kirk Cousins everywhere. Ooh, he's right. He said, let's ride with Kirk Cousins. All right, let's go this running game. Tyler, you mentioned <clears throat> Tyler, you mentioned it. Maybe they're going into these bigger sets. Alexander Madison with no Dalvin Cook looking kind of juicy for some of these fantasy rosters. He was really good when Dalvin Cook was out. Um, so quite frankly, he's to me is more in that RB2 category, but definitely has RB1 potential, especially what we're hearing from our expert, Mr. Tyler in here. If they're going to start doing big sets and using a little more smash mouth football, Alexander Masson becomes a little more sexier as the season progresses. Um, Ty Chandler, Dwayne McBride are the backups. You can tell me, of course, Tyler, who was the guy I need to handcuff him with, uh, but or the rookie that they just drafted as well. So anyway, long story short, um, I like Alexander Madison. Definitely is an RB2 value with RB1 upside potentially. Justin, what do you say? Uh, yeah, sure. I've never liked Alexander Madison, but that's just because I've always looked at his games and his fill-in games for what it was worth. He played against shitty defenses. He played against bad Detroit defenses. He played the one year against Seattle and it was a bad defense. Um, I've just never been a huge fan of that. Um, when, when you take the outlier games like that and you try and project it for a whole season, 
you're going to find yourself in love with a player that may never return that type of value. So for me, I'm going to be out on the Vikings. If I want to take a flyer, it'll be on McBride. I like what he did in college. Um, Ty Chandler, if he ever had a chance to be anything, it was it's already a year too late. Um, at this point, I was looking for Alexander Madison on my list when you came to me. I think I have him like 25, so just outside of that uh, RB2 range. You know, I'd be comfortable with him as an RB3, but if you're asking me to go with him as an RB2 or a hero RB, I'll take a hard pass on that one. Not feeling it. Tyler, are you feeling him? I'm completely out on Alexander Madison on his ADP. Like, I don't think he's going to end up being an RB2. The direction that these this team is looking to utilize their running backs is more of a committee approach. Think of how the Eagles were using their running backs last year. They're going to put guys in situation. I just don't think that you're going to get any kind of surplus value out of Madison. Plus, I don't think he's very good. He's kind of average. Like he has some wild moments where he'll jump a guy, but, and he gets some gritty yards here and there, but he's not hitting the hole with explosiveness. He doesn't see the field very well. Yeah. Justin mentioned that Seattle game. Yeah. He, if he has any form of vision, he gets three yards and the Vikings win that game. Instead, Russell Wilson comes back and they win by one. Like, I, I think this is going to be a big committee approach. I don't want to touch Madison considering where he's being drafted. If I had to pick one guy, I'll disagree with Justin here. I'm taking Chai Chandler broke his wrist playing special teams last year. They were very intentional on how they played rookies last year. So this staff is that they weren't necessarily putting guys into positions because they were rookies. They were being, they were just being very strategic. Chandler had a really good preseason. I he's got a 99.7 percentile 10 yard split. They love that explosiveness, that first step. Plus, he is great blocking in the passing game. So third down utility that will get you on the field, especially with Dwayne McBride not having really any experience coming out of UAB in the passing game. Pair that with Kenny Wangwu, who has shown no ability to play running back at the NFL level, even though he was getting some. RB two reps in mini camp. I don't read into that until I see it in training camp. I think for the value, get Ty Chandler, one of the last few rounds of your league. That's a guy who could end up with like 700 yards finishes like a top 30 or 40 running back that you paid nothing for. This is where, why I love this tour. We get all these little nuggets of info. Thank you, Tyler. I'm writing that down for my next draft. Nick, what say you, my friend? Uh, well, I liked Alexander Madison and, until I listen to Tyler, holy crap, he just, he just dumped the hell out of him. Um, you know, I didn't remember. I knew he had big games. Everyone knows that he had, he had big games when he came in with spot duty, but I didn't really pay attention to who he was playing and the types of defenses. And then, of course, you know, listen to um, Justin and then Tyler. It makes sense. Right now I have him at 37, and I said I was going to move him up a lot higher due to the fact that he would be the, the prime back, but – uh, I'm gonna take a step back. I'm gonna make. I'm not gonna make my my changes on, until I see some uh, game action. I mean, considering we have our, our insider saying that they're gonna go go to an RBC. So uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just a little little taken back by all this. So there, let me point this out. In his six starts that he's had in spot duty, 79 and a half yards on average, half a touchdown. It's like he's had a couple really good games. And he's had some stinkers. 
Like mm-hmm. we're not talking about a guy who's averaging like 110 yards and a touchdown. He's on that aggregate. He's average. Yeah. Cause he was Good always like the handcuff to get, you know, and then, but I, I didn't pay attention to all the other uh, particulars. Justin. I just want to throw this in there too, because I thought I was right, but I didn't realize how right I was pat myself completely on the back. <laughs> the four biggest games that he's had were two against Detroit and two against Seattle since 2020. Hmm. Hmm. Those are the only games he gets over a hundred yards. Perspective. All right, Jordan. Everyone's like taking everything from you. So can what what can you pile away on Madison here? I mean, I I, I really get Tyler's argument where I, I'm probably a little bit out on Madison at his ADP, but if that guy slides down just a little bit, man, I'll, I'll take him all day too. Listen, he plays the Lions twice this year. Last, next last time I checked, he plays the Bears twice. Right? They're not any good. He plays the Packers twice. Why can't he have some good games? I think he's a low end RB two um who I, I'm okay with taking a flyer on in kind of that running back dead zone range. The running back dead zone. Gotta love it. All right, let's talk about these receivers. Justin zone. Jefferson, number one, my number one receiver. That's all I have to say. I don't have to say anything else. Everyone already knows. Everyone I'm sure all you guys got some great stats about Justin Jefferson. He's number one, period. That's all there is to it. Now the question here is who's the other guy? Is it Jordan Addison, who I have ranked higher than KJ Osborne? But Tyler's making me feel stupid because now I'm like, you know, he's right. KJ Osborne did have some, did turn it on last year towards the end. Um, so maybe he is that number two guy that ends up in Jordan Addison ends up being that number three. Um, and Jalen Rager, of course, in this um, second in this receiver core as well. Anyway, long story short, I'm definitely driving Jeff, Justin Jefferson anytime I get a chance to. Jordan Addison and KJ Osborne, I guess we're going to have to wait and see and see who emerges as that number two guy. But whoever it is, it's going to be a good value for you. If you're drafting now, I think I like both these guys. I, as I just said, if I like the QB, I'm going to like the receivers as well. So let's go on to, let's see what we start. Tyler, we'll start with you on this one. What do you say about the receivers? Yeah, Jefferson, I think is your top option. He's going to get the lion's share of targets. He led the league in targets receptions, receiving yards, and then touchdowns is a tough one because it they're inherently random. Calvin Johnson is 1900 yard season had what four touchdowns because he got tackled inside the five, like 10 times, like that kind of stuff happens. So I, I don't, unless it's a guy like a Leroy Horde or Matt Asiata, I don't chase touchdowns unless they're a goal linebacker just because there's so much randomness just to that one stat. If you chase the yards, you chase the receptions, you're going to get rewarded with something at the end of the day. I don't know in a dynasty format. I would take Addison relatively high because I think after this year, he's going to have some real upside that route running acumen is going to pair really nicely. And he's going to see a lot of really advantageous coverage, but this year in a redraft, I don't know if I would really touch Osborne or Addison unless I'm stacking them both at the end of the draft and just hoping one of them hits because I think one of them likely will, but there's so much risk there, especially with Hawkinson. Hawkinson got like 90 targets uh, in the 10 games that he played with the Minnesota Vikings last year. That's not a mistake. The wide receiver two is going to be option three in the passing game. Kirk loves tight ends. Historically, he loved the connection with Hawkinson early and often Like he was in the building for five days and he went out and I think he caught like seven or eight passes against Washington. 
Like that wasn't a mistake. He's up to speed with the playbook. Now I would just be, be very cautious drafting either Osborne or Addison. I like it. I like it. Um, let's go to Joe. Let's go to judge Jordan here. We can get you in the second time. What do you say? You like, what do you like about these receivers? I mean, Justin Jefferson, number one player overall on the board, period. Uh, Jordan Addison, man, he he's a guy I actually like to throw a couple of darts on later in drafts. If, if he slips any, um, if he obviously goes too high up the board, I'm not in. But I don't think that guy's going to see a, a second cover guy all season with Justin Jefferson on the other side of the field. Um, I think he the kid catches everything. He kind of reminds me of a poor man's Devontae Smith. Um, I think he can actually make some noise second half of the season in that vacated Adam Thielen role. But I think Tyler hit it on the head, not to take away from next segment, but but it's the TJ Hawkinson show outside of Justin Jefferson. Nick, what say you? Yeah, I pretty much ag- agree with uh, with everything that uh, Jordan said ab- about the uh, receiving sacks. I have I have Cooper Cup in PPR number one overall. I mean, you're kind of splitting hairs there. Um, as far as KJ Osborne and Addison, respectively, I got Addison at 41, and I have Osborne at 68. And I was just look, looking up the stats. Osborne only hit triple digits uh, in yards twice, and his best game was against the Colts when he when he was 10 for 16 for 157 and a, and a touchdown. In the other game, he had 117 yards against the Bears. So I mean. <laughs> It's kind of hard to be all hype on on KJ Osborne at at this point. You know, I got to see more in order to get all uh, hype up. Like, I'll draft him as like my low round fourteen to sixteen receiver just as a gamble. All right, Justin, finish us off with the receivers. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody hit on it. Um, Jordan Addison. So theoretically, these guys all fit in somewhere in this offense. Um, Jordan Addison can be more of a deep ball threat. KJ Osborne ran the fifth most slot snaps last year. Um, TJ Hawkinson is obviously a beast and he'll garner his own targets. But what stands out for me right now is, is that Jordan Addison's been battling an injury. And while he's been doing that, KJ Osborne has been tearing it up in mini camp. So, you know, you, you look at it, you go, okay, first round value, you have to automatically put this guy in. Well, not if he's nursing an injury, there's never an automatic in the league. And if you're if you're falling behind with the book, that being the playbook, then you're of no use to most, co- most coaches. So, you know, if K.J. Osborne can slip on the field, do some damage like he was doing last year, then we could possibly see a situation where all three of these guys and Hawkinson are seeing the field and maybe, you know, Kirk Cousins is more a little bit towards, uh, you know, big ball – big uh, deep threaten it to Jeff- Jefferson or uh, Addison and really underneath passes to Osborne, which underneath passes move the chains. And we've seen plenty of slot receivers, Hunter Renfro, you know, Wes Welker, all these guys for years catch a hundred balls just underneath, just because they know how to run five yard slant and stretch it to 10. So I think that you should go after KJ Osborne late in drafts because he is a good lottery ticket to have. I think there's a high chance that he hits at the value you get at. Uh, as far as Addison goes, he's going wide receiver three right now. I like him at wide receiver 35. So right in that little range where he is at ADP currently. Um, 
for me, it, that's kind of more of a best ball move because you're kind of looking for those big games. You're kind of looking for those chase type of moves where he's having three touchdowns, 80 yards, and two catches. And then Justin Jefferson, don't have to say anything. He's the best. And, <laughs> all right. Let's go to the tight end position. Uh, what a great transition, actually. Let's go on to the tight end position. We'll wrap up with tight end and defense because, quite frankly, let's be real. Tight, the Vikings defense, I'm not even looking at any matchups for them right now. They're just too shaky for me. I know Fly, Brian Flores, I mentioned earlier, he will tighten that D up a little bit, but he'll also take a lot of chances with them as well. And as bad as that secondary was last year, I'm not sure I would take any kind of risk on them right now. And as far as tight end is concerned, I got TJ Hawkinson number two. And he, to me, I just last year I saw when he came on, it was just like this instant connection with Kirk Cousins, and that was in one in a midseason trade. So imagine now a whole offseason getting together with Kirk Cousins. I like TJ Hawkinson a lot this year. He is my number two overall tight end. Jordan, what say you? Wrap us up tight end and deep. Took the words right out of my mouth, man. Tied in number two outside of Kelsey. He's the guy. He's got the most volume. Um, Kirk Cousins, solid, consistent. It's going to dump it off to him over and over and over and over again all throughout the season. Um, I don't know really what else to say about him. He's kind of a no-brainer. Indeed, and ironically, I'm as I'm still doing the Scott Fish Fishbowl draft right now, I got Tua and Trevor Lawrence in round one and two, and I'm right back around to pick three, and I'm about to take TJ Hawkinson. Wait, you took two in the already. first round? In the second round, sir, yes, yeah, sorry. In the first round, I, first round <laughs> I took Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, shut your mouth. All right, who's your QB? Justin, what say you? Tighten us up with tight end and defense. Uh, I got TJ Hawkinson at four. Um, for as good as he was last year, his touchdown still really lacked. And that's kind of the name of the game is scoring. If you want to get into that tight end, like that higher echelon of the tight end rankings, you still got to battle out with Kittle. You still got Mark Andrews going to be coming back for his, uh, I think it's like 27, 28 years. So he's actually full blown, ready to go into prime mode. And then Travis Kelsey is the greatest of all time. So those three alone put him at number four for me. And then, you know, as far as the defense goes, I can't see myself drafting this defense, not even against the Lions anymore. I mean, the Lions are a really good team now. The Bears have Justin Fields. The Packers are still the Packers. It's one of those things where, I mean, you could like some of the pieces on there, but, I mean, if I'm not playing IDP, I'm probably not going to touch anything with an MIN next to it. Justin said Lions, Packers, Bears. Oh, my. Uh, Nick, what say you? Yeah, I have I have Hawkinson at uh, number three PPR. I have him behind uh, Kelsey and then, and then Andrews. I still think Andrews is the prime receiver up in uh, Baltimore. So it's going to just bump down Hawkinson. Uh, as far as that goes, the regular season, he only had one – one really decent game, like, and it was ironically against the Giants. Uh, he was 13 of 16 for 109 yards and two touchdowns. He had, he only had three, four on the year. Uh, yeah, as far because because tight end is so thin, uh, you you gotta take Hawkinson whenever you get a chance. And as far as the the Minnesota defense, that's that's a wait and see, a stream. Maybe you need a t- uh, a, a defense on a on a weak schedule. So pick them up, but otherwise don't nice. touch it. Good advice, Nick Tyler, finish us off. My friend defense and tight end where you got them. So I, I really like Hawkinson for all the reasons you guys mentioned. 
I will say if you're in a best ball league or if you're at the end of your Scott Fishbowl draft, Josh Oliver is worth a look. He's known now as a blocking tight end after spending two years in Baltimore and really refining that area of his game. Tight end is also an incredibly difficult position to translate from the college ranks. At San Jose State, he wasn't a blocker at all. He was a pass-catching weapon. He would attack up the seams and do a lot of things for that Spartans team. Now he's entering year five, 26 years old. He's got both elements in his uh, in his chest or whatever I, i'm trying to i my brain's fried i don't know what the analogy is it, uh, <laughs> got both elements to the game now and that is going to be something that you're going to want to keep an eye on especially in that best ball format think of all the tight end twos that the 49ers have had over the years and all of a sudden they'll just have like three catches for 60 yards on a touchdown that's what you're probably going to get with josh oliver it's going to be a big roller coaster of stats, but you're going to have those few games where he's going to shine. And I'll say this about the Vikings defense. They're really, they're going to be really aggressive. It's a Brian Flores team. And they start out week one against Baker Mayfield and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. If you don't have a defense, all the good ones are gone in the final round of your draft. The Vikings could be that team. All of a sudden they, they hold them to like six points for four turnovers, scored defensive touchdown. That's in the realm of possibilities. And all of a sudden, instead of rushing to the waiver wire to pick that team up and hope that they could be that defense to just get you those spike games, you have them on your roster. They could also suck. So I totally get avoiding them. <laughs> really Way to hedge your analysis there, bud. I really believe the addition of Flores is going to make so much of a difference that you have to take them seriously, especially when it comes to turnovers and sacks. He's going to get a lot of pressure on the quarterback. I a thousand percent agree with you on that point. And you're right. That will, of course, in turn, get some pressure, of course, in good situations, especially that week one game. Ooh, wee boy. Now you got me got me thinking a little bit on that last pick. Maybe I will go for that defense for week one. I got to love it. All right. So thank you, Tyler, so much again. Good luck to your Vikings this year. We appreciate having you in. Guys, appreciate you being here. Thank you guys for watching. Hit the subscribe, hit the notification, leave a like or comment. We appreciate you guys. We will see you on Wednesday for the Detroit Lions. That's going to be an exciting show indeed. We appreciate all of you guys, and we are out.